Hello and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Ted Berg. If you missed it last week, I have taken over the reins of this show from former host Nate Scott, uh, who who has left you behind, uh, leaving only me here to talk to you about sports and everything else, uh, hopefully many of the same subjects that Nate covered well and none of the ones that Nate covered poorly uh, or in uh, uncompelling fashion. But I'm not here to, to make fun of Nate, although it's tempting because I'm now on without him uh, guiding me along. Uh, instead, I'm here to talk to one of the producers, the producer maybe, of the show, uh, Hamil Javeri, who is my, my co-worker and one of my favorite colleagues to talk to, and also now, I think maybe, are you are you my boss, Hamil? <laughs> I don't know if I'm technically your boss, but I, I do get veto power over this podcast, which we talked about earlier today. So, <laughs> Which I appreciate. I, I re- really do, because I think that yeah. if left to my own devices, I would fairly immediately become too weird and alienating for anyone to listen like i would like to uh hook people first and get them interested in the podcast before i go too far out and uh, earlier today you know we had an exchange over uh, some potential guests that we don't have to bring up here and and you know i still hope we'll we'll come on down the road but uh you kind of said no that's way too weird and (laughs) i know that you're right so i do appreciate that i appreciate very much that you uh, are honest about stuff like that. I feel like sometimes I've had jobs in the past where people are like, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want, and you can be like, no, and that's no, cool. yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, no, I've, I I think this was my first test as a producer is to be able to to push back against the talent and say, actually, no, <laughs> that doesn't uh, work. I do appreciate that you just call me the talent. The talent. Ah, uh, that was pretty dope. Let's um, let's can we talk about. Uh, so, well, we were going to talk about sports, and then I wrote something about travel, and you object to it. So uh, let's get right into it. And again, now I have to tread lightly here because you're in charge, and so I don't That's want true. you kicking me off immediately uh, for for disagreeing with you so vehemently. But you know, I gotta I gotta be honest with the people, and and I said, and I believe this that uh, I think dressing up for uh, air travel, which which is a this is I should mention this is a it was my my mm-hmm. thing I was was coming off a, a Slate article which was very funny and it was well written. It's not I have no no beef with the actual article or the writer other than that the guy made the case and, and it was a couple of years ago but it sort of keeps bubbling up every year on social media around this time because you know everybody's traveling. The guy made the mm-hmm. case that people should dress up nice for for travel, especially you know travel on airplanes. And to me, that's just a ridiculous idea. Okay, I I disagree with this like 110% for so many reasons. But to quickly kind of tie this back into sports, you see it's it's mandated by teams everywhere, right? That athletes have to wear suits or they have to look nice when they travel. Um not all teams. So- if you'll recall, uh the the Cubs at the beginning of this year, Joe Madden, the Cubs manager said, uh, "My only dress code is if you think you look hot, wear it." And then what happened <laughs> okay. to the Cubs? They won the World Series for the first time in 108 years. Just pointing okay. that out. That, and that's totally fair, and I respect that, but that's Joe Madden. So I, I'm just trying to loosely kind of tie this back into sports. Is that, yeah, we do generally have certain standards for personal appearance uh, in public. And I think that one of the few things, you know, that as a society – that I really love is when people do get dressed up to travel. Because I think that 
way, you know, in the 50s or 40s when air travel was just starting to become popular. Like it was still a crazy, fun, new thing for people to do, which is why you want to look nice. And I'm not saying that you need to wear bespoke suits every single time you travel, but in no case, I don't care if you're going like on an hour long flight from DC to LaGuardia, you should never, ever wear sweatpants when you're traveling. Like but, but one, that's I, never. See, so, so two nights you ago, should... I flew a red eye back from Albuquerque to New York and mm-hmm. I was going, I was wearing, you know, jeans and a, and a sweatshirt and a t-shirt, which is basically what I wear every single day. And it, I, my wife's friend pointed out, she was like, why wouldn't you be wearing sweatpants right now? And I, and I thought, you know, that's a really good point. I should be wearing sweatpants. And I, and I think back and, I, you know, during the, the postseason, I was ba- the baseball postseason, traveling a lot, a lot of warm weather spots or a couple of them and a, frequently wearing, you know, shorts and a T-shirt and flip flops. And I just don't see why I wouldn't do that. It's such an uncomfortable and, and I get it. Like, I think air travel is amazing. I don't take it for granted at all. I recognize that 70 years ago, none of this would have been possible. Right. But the the truths of our lifetime are include that we get to fly on planes and it's not a comfortable thing right you were jammed into a tiny little seat uh you're it's too hot the the little you get like this tiny little knob of air and that's the only way you get to control the ventilation it's not like a uh it's it's cool i get to go places that you know obviously my grandparents never could have even dreamed of right Mm -hmm. and and that's great i appreciate that but I also think I just want to kind of be comfortable on the plane. And there's no reason why, why I don't understand why I shouldn't be. Here's the thing. So you are, you're, so the, like the fallacy here is that you're assuming that comfort equals sweatpants. There's lots of different ways to be comfortable and still look nice. I'm not arguing against comfort. I think that for anybody who is an experienced traveler, the key is to know what you can be comfortable in, look nice in and you know, still make it, still not have to be wearing sweatpants. But who's so to say that's what, a real skill? Who's to say what looks nice? What if I think I look nice in sweatpants? I I'm fairly sh- certain that there are some objective standards of you know what is nice, and I don't think that like you know sweatpants really makes it. Though though I will say that if you can pull off sweatpants, like if you can pull off the slouchy sweatpants with a blazer that a lot of people are wearing, then you know more power to you. But the key isn't you shouldn't wear pe- sweatpants. The key is that you should look nice. So if you can look nice in a pair of sweatpants, I say go for it. I'm going to say I can't pull off sweatpants. I yeah, know I'm- that they're not like I'm not talking about like designer because now they make like fancy sweatpants. Yeah. They're like like tapered legs. Yeah, and, you know, like, like yeah, like Kanye shows up in sweatpants yes. and it's cool. Then no, yeah. these are like champion sweatpants that I've probably had since like 1998 with stains all over them, like no. bleach no. stains on the bottom. No. Just no, but no. they're so comfortable and it I, doesn't matter. You you shouldn't even be seen outside of your house with those. That's why people get married so that they can stay home and wear those sweatpants. No 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 you, no no. You no, don't no. need to wear them in public, Ted. See, I got married so I can wear those in public. <laughs> right? I got married so I don't have to worry about impressing anybody, and I can just wear sweatpants when I want to. Right? It's like a big part of what's so great. I I usually work from home. Right? And yeah. I can. I'm actually wearing jeans, and and this is, and I usually put on jeans to work from home because I do, I guess, unfortunately, sort of abide, you know, those societal standards for like what mm-hmm. is okay. But that kind of bothers me that I do. Honestly, it kind of bothers me that I do because I 
honestly don't really get why I shouldn't just be making every possible concession to my own physical <sighs> comfort. Right, and and that includes like like I think that I would really love to wear skirts. Like I think that uh, pants, legged pants, with where I have to put each leg in a different thing, that is uncomfortable to me. I would prefer to not do that. If I wear a bathrobe, that is extremely comfortable. Right, so it seems to me like a a big sort of cozy, loose flowing skirt would be a very comfortable thing for me to wear. But I I, I, I won't I, I do think, that. I won't yeah, do that. You, you're drifting a little too far away from this, which is that if you're traveling... You're pulling me back in from being too weird. I, I'm pulling you back in a little bit because I think that the skirt issue is totally different. I think, one, you don't understand that skirts actually aren't that comfortable. I think you have kind of a misguided uh, way of looking at it. You're talking about like a long, flowy, maxi skirt. You're not talking about the structured skirt that women have to wear in the offices. Oh, you know? no, absolutely not. And, and I yeah. understand that. I'm not saying like, oh, women's clothing is more comfortable yeah. than men's clothing. That's not true. Right? Like I see what – like high heels just seems insane to me. It seems yeah. insane to me. And like I, I see some of the things you know my wife goes through to make herself feel more presentable to the world. Um, and, and I think it's absurd. I, I mean I say like well, – I, like I tell her like I, I don't care. You don't care, right? Let's – who are we trying to impress here? But um, we do care. We, we are trying to impress people. Like so this is you know why I think it's great that teams still dress up to, to travel because – you know, it kind of conveys an aura of success versus an aura of I'm just here to be comfortable. There is a little bit of discipline involved in your outward appearance. And so I'm OK with that. I think that for me personally, mastering that ability to look great while you travel and still be comfortable is like uh, it's it's like it's one of those like life goals. Like I want to look like Gwyneth Paltrow when she's like just coming off the runway. Like that is like a personal ambition for me. I don't want to be the girl in the Uggs and the sweats that's like trailing behind her, like carrying a pillow. I don't want to be that girl. I want to look like Kid Rock <laughs> when he's just been arrested at a Waffle House. Like I, I, I just, uh, I, 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 I get, I get what you're saying, and I think I get what, you're, and like, and and I do think, look, like if 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 I were if I were, uh, if I were truly as cool or as not caring as I think I am, like I said, I'd be wearing sweatpants all the time, and and I'm talking to you, you know, from my kitchen, and I am wearing jeans, like a, you know, which are sort of like the most basic respectable clothing and and ultimately uh for me it's mostly about like i, I don't want to think about things and i just don't want to think about what pants i wear every day so i just wear <laughs> jeans basically every day um and, and i do that because i know jeans are like the minimum i can really get away with and be a functioning member of society and i understand that sweatpants just sort of says something about you i'm just yeah. not sure that i don't want to say that thing about me, right? That, that well, like, like, well, why, why shouldn't I just say like, yeah, actually, ultimately I, I don't care whatsoever. And I'm just going to wear sweatpants. Here's the thing. I think that you actually are in a bit of a, a position to be envied because, and we've talked about this before. Um, and if you guys don't know what Ted looks like, Google some pictures of, of good old Ted Berg here, but your face and your hair does a lot of the work for you. I agree, like, I agree with that. <laughs> Some of you know what I mean? And some of us kind of, you know, if I, I feel like if I walked out in sweatpants and like my hair tied up, I would look unemployed. Oh, I and, don't think that's and true. And not in a I don't think that's true. I, no, no, no. I just mean that 
I mean that there's there's a lot of, you know, differentiating circumstances. Like certain people, yeah, you they can get away with like wearing sweatpants and still look pulled no, together. I don't though. I really don't. I like you know, and look, I, I'm I'm not saying it's not a it's not about the face. I think that yeah. like my face still looks great and the hair still looks great, but I think <laughs> if I go outside in sweatpants, some people say like, Wow, that homeless guy used yeah. to be handsome. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that that's probably the look that I'm putting out there, like like guy who ha- once had it going on and now has has fallen fallen apart completely, fallen I apart. Um, I don't so- know. I so so Ted, just to just to bring it back, when you like you said, you guys were coming back from Mexico. New Mexico. Did you? New Mexico. Better than did you guys? Mexico. Yeah. Did you guys actually? Did you wear sweatpants ever when you were like out and about doing stuff, or just strictly you thought about them? When you were traveling, no, like, I, I no, I brought I brought sweatpants for the purposes of wearing. Uh, I, we went, we were sort of up in the north part of the state, and and it was cold, and especially at night. So you know, I brought sweatpants to wear, basically as pajamas. You know, so yeah. no, I wasn't I wasn't wearing sweatpants out and about. I have one pair of sweatpants that are what most people would consider sweatpants, like gray fleece sweatpants. And I won't even wear them in the house un- unless, like, it's, like, I've hit rock bottom. Like, those are the rock bottom pants. <laughs> yeah, see, I feel like I'm just kind of living at rock bottom, you know? <laughs> so so maybe I should wear more sweatpants. Like, why am I, why am I bothering? <laughs> I don't know, but maybe I'll go home and put on some sweatpants. <laughs> it's, it's, I recommend it. I recommend it if you're listening, like, and, and, you I know, I get it. like a call-in show. I, I, had, I, really... I had a job for a while, for a long time. Where you have like and like and we work in sports, right? Which is traditionally like a fairly casual environment. Usually right. jeans. Some some places you need if you're a guy, you need a collared shirt. You need to dress sort of respectably. My one of my old jobs, it was you know khaki pants and nice shoes and a tucked in shirt every day. And I just never could get why I needed to be like fancy looking to edit a website no one was was seeing me do it and so this job actually came as like a a really nice adjustment for me that i could like oh yeah actually you can wear whatever you want whether even you know i mean and again whatever you want is sort of a a loose statement (laughs) i think if i started showing up to the office wearing like uh, sweatpants every day for example People would probably say something. I really don't know how that would play out over time. You know, it might be worth might be worth I, trying it. I would question how committed you were, not just to being in the office, but like how committed you were to life. <laughs> that yeah. is, yeah. Um, and and yeah, and that's and I guess that's the thing. And I guess that's the thing is that at some level you need to show that. And and I see like this is a weird thing because like fundamentally I disagree with this. Fundamentally, I think. No, you should wear whatever you makes you feel comfortable. Ever if you were in a situation where you don't, I, I think dress codes in general are kind of dumb. I think mm-hmm. wearing a tie feels dumb. I, you know, I, like, I, I, I don't understand. It feels so artificial. Like I'm gonna put on a tie now to go to this event. I don't, I don't wear ties, right? Like I, it's just not something I do. I, I, and and I don't know why I need this thing. Like why do I need to just be like, okay, I'm, I'm just agreeing to feel like I'm being choked for a whole night because I'm going to a wedding. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me, but I do kind of abide that. I think because it's so important to me that I not make any statement with my clothing that 
I kind of fall into this like, okay, well, uh, let me wear the most comfortable thing I can get away with wearing in any situation without people noticing that I look like I don't care. Um, because looking like you don't care, I think, says something and, and is, is making a statement. And my statement, I want to say, is like, check out the hair, check out the face. <laughs> and it's more about, for you, it's more about comfort versus, you know, making, I guess, like you said, and making any kind of social uh, <clears throat> social commentary. But you're kind of forgetting that clothes are fun. I think we have two very different uh, perspectives here, which is that you just you just never want to think about clothes. You would be happy wearing the same thing day in, day out, where I think a lot of other people don't feel that way. And I get that. I mean, yeah. you know, I get that. That yeah, it's a it's if for if and and again, that's the thing is like if it is fun to you, I, I'm not telling you no, don't wear the same thing every or no, wear the same thing every day. You're I'm better for that. If you like being dressed up, like by all means, dress up. That's fine. That's fine with me. I just don't want to be judged for dressing how I want to dress. And how I want to dress is just like basically in a muumuu, right? And, and, and I know I can't do that. I know I can't do that. And so that's what frustrates me. Uh, we should get to our sponsor. We have a word from our sponsor. And this is a, this is a new one for me. I get to read the, the sponsor, uh, what the sponsor has to say. All right, go for it. All right, here we go. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports the For the Win podcast. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century. Fast, powerful, and completely online, Rocket Mortgage has taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you could do all of this on your phone or tablet. It's a quick online process you can manage from the convenience of your couch. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com slash FTW. Again, that's quickenloans.com FTW. Disclaimer, equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. How'd that go? How'd that go? Good job. Good job. All right. You're, um, in, you're in charge. I am in charge. Uh, so my question for you, Ted... Do you think teams need to abolish that, the dress code rule, yes, for the I, ones that have it? If it were up to me, I would say that, like, all dress codes should be abolished. Well, what I was going to say earlier was, at my old job, honestly, like, every year, my performance review would come around, mm -hmm. and and it would be, like, fully good. I, I was a good employee in general, and then it would be, like, unprofessional dress, unprofessional behavior. <laughs> Um, because I couldn't, I just like, I don't know what happens. It's just like my, and, and this has been a problem for me dating back when, when I was a, like one of my first jobs, like in college, I was a, a vendor at Shea stadium and I don't know why, like they, they hated it. If you put your hat on backwards and I didn't intend to put my hat on backwards, it would just be like over the course of the baseball game that I was vending at my hat would just sort of get itself turned. Like, I, I would take my hat off at some point and just naturally put it on backwards. And it was the same thing at the fancier job. I would, like, untuck my shirt at some point or, you know, whatever. I don't know what would happen. My shirt would just end up untucked no matter what. Like, I think that I'm just sort of naturally drawn toward slobbiness, and I can't really control myself. Yeah, I think you're just kind of a slob. Like, that's okay. I am um, cool with that. I own it, right? Like, I, why why pretend otherwise is my point. Yeah, 
but this is this is the frustrating thing though is that as a dude you can get away with it much more than women can in the workplace like there's very much and and we don't have like if so we've got you know i will say that within the not just the ftw office but within the usa today sports office there's there's a range of what people wear and i will say by and large every woman that comes into our office comes in looking very polished like there's very few that you know come in I haven't really seen any woman that comes in kind of looking like they just rolled out of bed. And I will say there's definitely a couple of dudes that, you know, they can just show up in the same T-shirt and hoodie every single day. And it's not a big deal at all. And I'm not talking specifically about you. but uh, Well, but I do. And I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's that's messed up, right? Like, I think that's messed up. (laughs) I think that's unfortunate uh, for, for you and 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 all of our female coworkers and everybody else who's up against that all of the various societal structures <laughs> that have led to that condition are yeah. horribly unfortunate, right? That that <laughs> sucks. There's no other way to say that. Like, I, I'm with you. I believe you're absolutely right. Um, I wish that weren't the case, right? But uh, yeah. I guess – and like, but, but like at the same time is like then, you know, ultimately I'm the most important to me, right? So like am I going to inconvenience myself and make myself uncomfortable as like – just so I can play my part in making society better when I think I can make society better by like honestly not caring how uh, my coworkers dress for work regardless of their gender. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, I think that, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, that it's totally fine that you do you and you actually are acknowledging that you're benefiting from this and you should take advantage of it. Um, but I also think that you, when you're traveling... I will judge you if I see you wearing sweatpants. Like, that to me is a person that needs to try just a little bit harder. See, I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. But like I said, like, and that's what I wrote about. Like, I kind of feel like I judge people who dress up fancy. Like, look at this stooge. Why is this guy wearing a suit? He's on an airplane with the rest of us. You're sitting in the same size seat I am. It's not pleasant. It's not going to be pleasant for like the next three and a half hours. We're all just going to have to kind of bear it. And I feel like I am much better positioned to bear it when I'm dressed like a slob. And I'll say that I think that... Um, that is a situation when, when you see it, you know, really do, uh, across, I think across gender lines that people dress comfortably. You see a lot of women in, in pajama pants and yoga pants and stuff like that at the airport. I'll give you that. I have worn leggings as pants, so I'm not, What's I'm wrong not against with that? that. That seems super comfortable. I, I think that's okay. There's huge, uh, it feels like there's a pretty big taboo against wearing leggings as pants. People don't like that. That's probably my... My one big, um, you know, middle finger to dress code expectations. See, I'm I'm also I'm also swayed because like I just don't I don't get to hear all that much about what people think is okay and not okay. Like I le- and you know this about me. Like I was way behind on finding out that you're not supposed to be wearing cargo shorts anymore. Oh, and, that's right. <laughs> and I'm still I'm still wearing cargo shorts like not right now because of the winter but you know spring come spring comes around I'm gonna have cargo shorts on because like in my uh, <laughs> because I work from home so much of the time really my entire world is like a, a two person thing with me and my wife and so like yeah like she sometimes she wears leggings as pants that's fine with me sometimes I wear cargo shorts that's fine with her like I, I don't know maybe that's a good thing right that I that I've, I've achieved that sort of that level of comfort in my my relationship, I would say that like the extent of our 
commentary on each other's clothes is like she will say like if if it is a situation where I have to dress up, she mm-hmm. will say like no, that tie doesn't look good with that shirt and she happens to be and this this is a weird one. She's like she's kind of bad with with colors a little bit. She's not <laughs> she's not colorblind, but like sometimes she'll in the morning she will come out. She will come and, and like I'll be sitting in the living room and she'll be like does this match and I will tell her like no, honestly it doesn't match because I feel like I have that sense. Maybe you you live in a very uh, it sounds kind of like a lovely little utopian relationship. I am not married, but I do live with my sister and we will routinely tell each other that whatever that, you know, the other person is wearing is flipping hideous and it should not be anywhere near their body. It's it's yeah. Yeah. See, I feel like I feel like that is a particular to siblings right like i feel like if that were if it were me and my sister it would be exactly the same thing and like uh, you know i am uh totally on great terms with my sister i love my sister i I would never if i were seeing her like at her house for thanksgiving i'm never gonna say like you look terrible in that i think if we were living together if i were living with my sister and she was like how do i look i'd be like awful get out of here because that's just (laughs) like how siblings work well not just siblings but like I, you want somebody to tell you the truth. Like, you want somebody to say, those pants are ugly on you. Like, you you know, my sister, she bought a blazer the other day, and she's like, I think this is too boxy. And I was like, yeah, it makes you look like you have linebacker shoulders. Like, you need somebody who will tell you straight up, you know, don't waste your money on that. Yeah, so. sometimes I wonder if my problem in life is that I don't have someone telling me <laughs> straight up not to dress like that. Like, maybe maybe it would be nice if my wife were a little bit meaner sometimes, you know? Like, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what faux pas I'm making uh, on the day-to-day. But... I like that uh, I like that my job now is to be able to tell you, no, you can't do that, just in the context of certain work-related things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and again, like I, you know, I'm not, I'm not. I think I take criticism well, right? Like I, when yeah. you said no, that I didn't, I didn't fight you. I was just like, yeah, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, you take criticism well. Um, I am worried about it's. This will be a new role for me because it'll be like we want Ted to be Ted, but let's see. But I don't want Ted to be like way out there and. Uh, you know, alienating everybody. I mean, I I understand that there's a like there's a can be a public Ted and a private Ted, right? <laughs> like I've been I've been on the internet for ten years now, writing stuff, and I don't say everything I'm thinking by any means. I think sometimes I sort of suggest or and or imply things that I, I might be thinking that I shouldn't be saying, but I recognize that there's a there's a time and place for. Uh, you know, the jokes I want to make and the jokes I'm allowed to make, so to speak. Yeah, of course. But everybody needs an editor. Everybody needs somebody to be like, mm, maybe not this time. I think that's definitely true. And I, and yeah. I so, so I, I mean, that was actually kind of what I wanted to segue to uh, before we get going today is talking about some podcast ideas because, uh, you know, and like I want to be one thing that's important to me. I think probably the, the main thing that's important to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this does kind of tie into that is just sort of being honest and, and like not pretending I know stuff that I don't know or acting like something that doesn't seem important to me is super important to me because I feel like people, I hope people can sort of see through that a little bit. 
Um, maybe not. I don't know. So, I think people can. Yeah. So I want to, you know, I want to keep the podcast interesting. I want to keep it sports relevant, but I also want to keep it, uh, keep it away from being me, you know, interviewing someone about, say, soccer, a sport I really just don't know a ton about, and pretending like I know, like, what, who are all the soccer guys are, and what the soccer guys are doing. <laughs> um, but I think actually our site sort of does a good job. And I know it's been something we've been conscious of really since day one of of putting things in context, right? Like if I see, mm -hmm. you know, we want to make something, and I know it's something I strive for when I write like a, about baseball. I know I can sort of get into esoteric topics, but if I if I'm covering an esoteric topic, I want to do it in a way that might be interesting to someone who is a lifelong baseball fan who reads about baseball every single day, and someone who is like my mom, who is just reading it because I wrote it or reading it because someone put it in front of their face and, and wants to check it out, right? And so, uh, not that my mom's not a baseball fan, and, and it's just that, like, I know she's not going to be into, you know, what someone's, uh, you know, advanced stats say, right? Like, she, my mom doesn't yeah. care about your weighted OPS+, plus. my mom wants to know what that means, and so... Um, <laughs> and well, so, yeah, we talked... Yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, go on. I'm just... I We talked about this more, that it's going to be a little bit more topic-based versus X's and O's based, just because... Uh, People's bullshit detectors are, you know, pretty finely tuned. Wait, can, um, can, can we say what you just said? Nope. <laughs> are you going to beep that out and post? How do you do that? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to figure it out. Uh, either we'll beep it out or uh, I'll cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you're hearing that, wow, that's uh, I just you have no idea how excited I just got for one moment, one brief fleeting moment. I thought I was like, wait a minute, I can curse. Oh, it's on. But now it's not on. No, you know what? It might have to. This this podcast might have to come with a uh, a language warning. <laughs> I would be totally cool with that. And you've spoken to me off air. I am horribly yeah. foul mouthed. As am I, as am I. And unfortunately, I'm the first one who cursed. It should have been you. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> it was, that was great. Um, but yes, I think you're right yep. about the, the, the detectors the that detectors. are out there. And I think we should... So like, so when I, when I was proposing, and, and I think it's, a, it's like kind of a fun idea on an old podcast I had, we did, uh, we would always do, we would go around the horn and do like... Uh, one good thing and one bad thing from the week. And, and it, that was uh, a Mets podcast. So it was pertaining mm -hmm. to the Mets, at least, in, or nominally pertaining to the Mets. But I kind of think it's a fun idea to do, like, what's... And, and I don't even want to do one bad thing anymore. It's just like, if, if it's just like a couple of good things that happened either in sports or in the world this week, and then just discussing them. Like, I feel like that's a fun Tuesday hook is, is am I wrong here? Like if I said like on Tuesday I have like one of our coworkers on because I, I like to first of all I like everybody we work with. I think we work with a bunch of smart people that I'd like to talk to more, and yeah. I can have some of them on and have them talk about and look we both talk about some good things we've noticed in sports that it's sort of a, in sort of a general appealing. Like I, I an example is jumping out to my mind, mm -hmm. and this is not from this week, but. I think it's a cool thing, and I think it's like sort of a, a thing that it, it happens to be an insidery baseball thing. But so they were uh, last week, a couple weeks ago now, negotiating the collective bargaining agreement, which is between the Major League Baseball Players Association and Major League Baseball to sort of figure out uh, the 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 how the sport runs, how the union and the and the league get along, and. 
one of the things that was sort of on the table was an international draft, which a lot of people are in favor of, and which would increase parity, right? It would make the it would make it easier for teams to break up international ta- talent. But you know, the history of incorporating international players into the draft shows that it's actually very bad for the amateur players and very bad for the sport in whatever country is being incorporated into the draft, specifically. Puerto Rico, um, for a long time, Puerto Rican players weren't subject to the international draft. They could sign as free agents, as amateurs, uh, which meant because they had negotiating leverage uh, with with all 30 clubs or 26 clubs or whoever it was then, uh, they could get better bonuses and, and you know join join the minor leagues with a little bit more money money in their pockets. Mm-hmm. When they added Puerto Rican players to the domestic draft. Baseball interest in Puerto Rico took a huge hit, and it's recovering now in part because you know some of that last wave of guys from Puerto Rico, uh, Carlos Beltran especially, have sort of pumped their resources back into the game in Puerto Rico, and so now you know you're seeing a lot of of young Puerto Rican stars, but you still get guys who are you know leaving that country. Guys with the resources can leave Puerto Rico uh, in in I, should, I shouldn't say country leave that that protectorate in in high school to come live in Florida and play there and, and it's it just complicates things right and so you know if you're adding the Dominican Republic which is this this huge hotbed of baseball talent if you're saying well now these guys are subject to the draft I think the ultimate effect is you take away a lot of interest in in baseball in the, in the DR if only because it would mean you know there's there's a little bit less or there's a lot less financial incentive in in training in in mm-hmm. baseball and so uh and basically the first time i know of of actual major leaguers standing up for amateur players a bunch of uh the sort of veteran dominican guys showed up at the collective bargaining agreement um at the negotiations and spoke out against the international draft which is awesome to me, right, that mm-hmm. Robinson Cano would show up and do that, because Robinson Cano doesn't stand to benefit from that at all, and the yep. history of Major League Baseball has been the 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 professional players, the high-level veteran Major Leaguers negotiate uh, for better rights for themselves and better situations for themselves at the cost of the 16-year-old amateur. And so to me, one very good thing from recent sports is, you know, these guys showing up on behalf of really the future of baseball and especially uh, the amateur kid whose $200,000 signing bonus might be the, is almost certainly really, you know, mathematically the biggest payday he's ever going to get in baseball. I think that's great. I I love that story as well. And I'm somebody who is not following, you know, the CBA arguments really closely. But that to me is is awesome. So did I present that to you in a way as someone who not who's not following it? Did that all make sense? Yeah, it did. I I definitely I mean, I'm not going to lie. I lost you a little bit through the very like technical parts of it. But Yes, of course it makes sense. There's there's a really simple concept. It's solidarity. For, it's solidarity. Yeah, is what it's, it's about. solidarity. It's for them to be able to say we were in this position that you guys have been in, or if we had not been so lucky, we would be. You know, we may not be here right now. And anytime you see a professional athlete take a stand one way or the other in a way that does not directly benefit them, is is inspiring. I mean, it's like, inspiring when anybody does that, really, right? Well, yeah. It's not just athletes, yeah. yeah. No, it's not just athletes, but I feel that, you know, the the higher your profile, 
it's not even an obligation, but uh, your voice carries quite a bit further. So for those guys to show up and support, you know, young kids who just don't even have a chance right now, um, that means a lot. Yeah. It's, it's def- Sorry, go ahead. No, go. You finish. Well, I was just saying that it's something that really frustrates me about what I see with a lot of NHL teams. So most of my part of my job is to to keep an eye on NHL stuff. So I'm fairly, you know, well versed, well versed with that. But I don't see that happen a lot with NHL players. So. Yeah, I think that the higher profile you are and the better you are and the more successful you are, the easier it becomes to think that or to act as if, you know, you're just sort of the center of the universe and uh, what matters to you is really all that should matter and, and, and not think about – not really put yourself in those other people's shoes, I think. And I've seen it sometimes, especially with like uh, older athletes and, and – retired athletes where it's just Mm -hmm. like whenever they talk they're holding court and everyone around them is just sort of agreeing with them and laughing at all Mm -hmm. their jokes even if they're not funny and i think it kind of warps your mentality sometimes so to me it's just cool to see these guys thinking like no this is best for this sport and best for these kids if we show up and, and we we make concessions as professionals, as as uh, yep. people as established as we are. We know, okay, we're millionaires anyway. Let's let's make things a little bit easier or at least keep things the way they are for these 16-year-old kids. Yeah, exactly. For them to be able to say, like, let's just not make it any harder, even though that means that we'll be giving up a little bit um, is is pretty big. So that is that's a very nice thing that happened in sports. Do you know of anything nice? I mean, I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't prepare you for this. Do you have any examples of a nice thing that happened in sports? I mean, I'm kind of thinking about several different things. Um, They're all along the same lines. Um, I think it was – well, I mean, I don't even know if it's nice. but So Craig Sager passed away. uh, And one of the most moving things for me was listening to Pop, Greg Popovich, the Spurs head coach – tear up when he talked about Craig Sager uh, during, you know, the TNT interview. Um, It's one of those times where you kind of have to take a step back from sports and just realize that this really is a community. Um, I am not a huge NBA person, but keeping an eye on sports as we do, uh, it was really one of those weird, genuine moments that you kind of, you don't expect it from pop just because he's so gruff all the time. Uh, but it really kind of did hit home. So it was, I don't know if it was a nice thing that happened in sports, but it did kind of what did kind of serve to kind of remind us all of, you know, our shared humanity. It was, it was very touching. Yeah. And I think Popovich is a sort of a good example of someone who like, he's this one way and he's this, you know, giving you single answers at the halftime interview. And he's, he's can be sort of a contentious guy. But there is obviously a human being in there, and sometimes we seize the right moment and he'll step up and be like, yeah, actually, I'm a real dude. Like, this is – I thought his his, his whole speech about about politics, and we don't want to get into that, but Mm -hmm. I just think it's so cool sometimes to see someone taking a stand. And and I think I'm biased there because I happen to agree with his stand, right? But – and and maybe if it were the opposite way, I wouldn't feel the same way, you know, but – uh, I do like it. I don't. I kind of like it when people, when you get a sense that someone is a, is a human being of conviction, and I think yep. you, you definitely get that from Popovich. That is, and that's a huge. I think that's goes to the heart of both of those instances. Is that you get the the feeling like you're like you were talking about the player standing up for the minor, minor league guys. Is that you see that there is a real human being here. Um, 
it's not just sound bites and, uh, you know, prescripted lines that we're so used to hearing from athletes and coaches. Uh, it's one of those rare, where it's one of those where you get an actual sense of, uh, oh, there's, there's a three dimensional person somewhere in there, which we don't see a lot of in the media sometimes. No, I mean, we can, I mean, and that's, that's a, that's a big thing, especially in sports is, you know, people yeah. are just, you're the good guy or you're the villain and mm -hmm. you're, you're who you are is you know, how you perform on the field. And, you know, people, a guy gets a massive head injury in a football game and everybody's like, oh, my fantasy team, you know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, on, and I, and I get it. I get it. right. Like, again, it's, you know, we all sort of put ourselves front and center. Right. But, um, there is this. The human side to everybody. Otherwise, we wouldn't be people. So it's it's fun to talk about sometimes. Um, so that's good. So we can do. So so is that a fun? So maybe I'm thinking, and this is we're going back to podcast format here. And and I, yeah. I kind of uh, you know I recognize that we could be talking about this not on the actual podcast, but I feel like you know the people who were listening uh, with with Nate as host and the people who continue listening, maybe they want to see you know know where where it's going. Maybe if they want to unsubscribe, maybe if they want to tell their <laughs> friends to subscribe. They should know what to expect. So I'm thinking, and if this is cool with you, and and again, I don't want to like, I don't not again. I haven't said this yet. I, it's it's I don't want to uh -oh. I don't want to commit too formally to any specific like concepts or formats and say like this is how it's going to be every single show because what if it doesn't work and what if we want to try something else and and you know I think both of us uh, are sort of invested in you know sort of throwing a lot of things against the wall and seeing what sticks and, and seeing how it works and seeing what makes for a good podcast. But I kind of like the idea of, you know, having someone we work with, someone from, from, especially from For the Win, but perhaps from larger USA Today Sports as well, uh, on Tuesday, we, we run the show on Tuesdays and Fridays, right? So maybe Tuesday and in, Tuesday internal guest, Friday external guest. Is that cool? Um, I'm okay with that. I think that, like you said, I don't I don't want to commit to one way or the other because we're it's going to vary week to week as to as to what what is happening. Um, but I right. think that's an okay rule of thumb. I think for a loose structure, it can be, you know, internal for the win guest on a Tuesday. How about once a week? Why don't we just do once a week? It doesn't matter what day it is. So. Okay, yeah, I think that's fair because sometimes people yeah. are busy and sometimes and there's going to be times like so. What if it's a Friday and Nicole Auerbach, who's one of our our our, our colleagues who works for not really for for the win but for usa today sports proper if she's the person who breaks the story about ryan lochte and she's willing yeah. to talk to me on the air i'm gonna to want to talk to nicole and i'm not gonna be like oh well it, no sorry today is our external guest day we need to yeah. talk to a better swimming expert and she's <laughs> the best at it right so that would be nuts i agree with you i think once a week is once a week internal person is a good good way to do it and like you i'm excited for all the ftw staffers that kind of haven't had a chance to be on the FTW podcast to, you know, to get their chance to kind of butt heads with you about I, various I things. I will take them to school. <laughs> you know, we got a, we got a lot. We've talked about this before. We got, we got some youngins on the program, you know, and I would like we to, do. Uh, I would like to, uh, to sort of bring them down to rock bottom <laughs> where I live. Yeah. See, see, get their thoughts on sweatpants while traveling. Um, so yeah, I think that's good. Any other thoughts that you have, Ted? I was wondering, and and this is another thing that, uh, again, we should probably be talking on talking about off air, right? I'm just really, put, but it's fun to put you on the spot while we're while we're broadcasting. Right? Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, so so I have had success in the past in other formats with 
doing like question and answer stuff. I think that I my ability to um, speak off the cuff with strong opinions is something mm-hmm. uh, of a strength, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it might be fun to solicit questions either from Twitter. Um, we could even set up like a voicemail account on Google Voice that people can call in and leave questions and just sort of it, like maybe for like not for a full show, but like for the like if we have a guest that takes up 10, 15 minutes and then I do 10 to 15 minutes of just like answering people's random questions would that would that be fun? I'm OK with that. It depends on what I as long as I get veto power over the questions. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do ridiculous one. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work blue on the For the Win podcast, right? So <laughs> it's not a, I don't think, I mean, yes, I will give you veto power over the questions. Um, no, of course, of course But I imagine, great. like, because well, Luke and I did one, right, where Luke just hit me with a bunch of, like, would you rather questions on For the Win, uh, on the, on the, on Facebook Live, not For the Win, the For the Win Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, th- I thought that was fun. I think that was cool. And Luke comes up with good questions. Maybe it worse comes to worse, it could just be like, I take a bunch of questions that Luke proposes to me and answer them uh, to the best of my ability. I, I think that as long, yeah, I'm excited to open it up to either your Twitter followers or our Twitter followers and see what they have to ask you. Um, I'm hoping that they're more about food and less about fashion. So either way, we're good. Asking me <laughs> questions about fashion, I can tell you straight up, is a bad. You're not going to get no one. No one who cares to hear. An, a smart, informed answer about fashion is going to get that from me. <laughs> so, like, if you want to hear me confirm that you shouldn't care and I shouldn't care uh, what clothes you're wearing, then by all means ask me about fashion. I will, you know, again, I will rep cargo pe- shorts until the day I die or until the day someone comes up with a more socially acceptable means of carrying all my stuff. So, um, I will. I will maybe start a competing FTW podcast that is just about fashion. It will just be about what I bought this week. <laughs> That's fine. Do, do you do a lot? Do you do a lot of shopping? Because I, I actually find retail shopping to be like the the biggest nightmare. I I don't do a lot of shopping, but I think that I think a lot about things before I buy them. So I'm the kind of person that will obsess about the pair of boots. And I've actually gone through this scenario where I bought the boots, returned the boots. Bought them again 15 minutes later because I immediately regretted buying them and then took them home, kept them in the box for another eight days and then returned them again because I decided that I actually don't need them. Um, so I think a lot about my purchases. I'm not saying that I shop a lot, but I think a lot about my purchases. Well, that's just being, I think that's just being discerning, right? I think you're just thinking like, are these boots worth the price I'm paying for them? It's not, it's not even about the money. Like I obviously want to be like don't want to go into debt over a pair of boots but i don't want them sitting around my house reminding me like oh i bought these boots that i actually don't like to wear but now i bought them so now i have to wear them i have things i bought one time i got like it was a i'm not sure that i was entirely sober but uh i went on ebay and bought (laughs) a a leather jacket like the one brad pitt has in fight club (laughs) And I literally never wore it. Like I never won on once because I put it on. I put it on in my mirror. And I was like, I look like an idiot. What was I thinking? You're not Brad Pitt, right? Like if you if you're Brad Pitt in Fight Club, you can pull off that leather jacket. I have no business wearing that jacket. And as soon as I put it on, I was like, that's ridiculous. I look ridiculous, and I never wore it again. I think I wore it for like costumes a couple times. 
I have a blue, uh, like half sleeve, like motorcycle jacket that I love. And I finally wore it to work. This was about a year ago. I wore it to work about a year ago. And as soon as I walked into the, walked into the office, Tim Gardner, who works at USA Today Sports on the digital desk side, took one look at me and goes, you riding motorcycles now? It was just like, <laughs> hugely dismissive of it and i've oh, never no. worn it again <laughs> oh it's so sad i bet he didn't mean it. he was just trying to be funny right i'm sure it looks great i mean i i so like if this happened to me and now it's now it's now it's like sort of bugging me out but I, I bought um i was in chicago covering the world series uh and it's really cold in chicago and i wasn't i had been on the road since the beginning of october i didn't really tra- plan accordingly so i had to buy a jacket in chicago mm-hmm. like i i needed to buy and i needed a lightweight winter coat anyway because i i had just moved i threw out my old winter coat or my old like sort of midweight coat was like 13 years old or something so <laughs> i finally and all the pockets were ripped so there were just like holes it was something people used to frequently ask me if i got it at a thrift store store and i didn't it was just something i had had for so long it started looking like it was from a thrift store um so my wife sort of convinced me that it wasn't a cool jacket anymore threw it out needed to buy a new lightweight winter coat bought one i bought what i thought was the most nondescript coat available in the store and i have since learned and noticed that this particular style of coat which is just like a green jacket that just it's like vaguely it looks now and then i see it like looks a little bit like military ish but mm-hmm. that wasn't my intention at all i just bought i literally was aiming for the most nondescript coat in in, in available to me at a reasonable price and now i know that it's like kind of a hip coat or at least <laughs> at least is hip in terms of like uh, like super dry and like the various stores that I sometimes happen upon, like, you know, they're like, they're selling a version of this coat at Uniqlo and HMM and, and super dry, you know, like all the different, all the different stores. And it's like, Oh no, I have a cool coat and I don't now want you, that. You, yeah. Yeah. Now you're a hipster, right. even though it wasn't your intention. Now you look like you care, which right. is the thing that you hate the most. Exactly. Exactly. And so, but then, you know, but, and that's the same thing. Like sometimes, um, it's a weird dichotomy, right? I mean, this yeah. has happened to me, like, not long ago, I wound up, my, my sweatshirt and t-shirt were navy blue and red, uh, respectively, and my sneakers were navy blue and red, and I realized that I matched really well, and then was like, I don't want to match this well, and started, like, taking off the my sweatshirt, and then I was like, well, wait a minute, caring that I don't match is is just as bad as caring that I do match. Right. (laughs) And so taking off this sweatshirt now would be hypocritical because that would be besides the point of not caring. And so I like I I like sort of think myself into weird corners like that where it's like, well, no, I still should wear this coat, even though I know it's kind of a cool coat because it's the coat I have. And ultimately, all I care about is is this is the coat. You you wish that it came with a disclaimer that's like, look, not I know I look cool. hip, but I'm not trying to be hip, yeah, but, even yeah. though I know I look great. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. Um, I am always, always trying to look good. Um, well, that's good. I mean, again, yeah. you know, and and look, I know more power to you. Uh, I want to look good. I don't want to not look good. I just also don't want to look like I put any thought into it. And I think I do a pretty solid job of looking like I don't care. <laughs> I will say most of I will say out of the nine times out of the ten times that I've met you, you've been wearing some kind of 
like fleece lined hoodie or something like that. Um, no, it's not usually fleece lined. It's just a regular hoodie. Maybe uh, it's just a regular hoodie. Yeah. You you always look uh you look comfortable. I am. I strive for comfort. I mean, I I literally so like I and I really do that. Like I and and this is something I think I got from my dad who wears basically the same outfit every single day like he just wears my dad my dad also works at home and did mm-hmm. for almost my whole life and i always thought it was bizarre he would put on his khaki pants and like his bass leather shoes and a collared shirt and and you know tuck in and walk upstairs to our attic where he went about his business and now i've sort of become my dad like i i always wear every day in the winter basically i wear jeans a t-shirt, usually a t-shirt with nothing on it, and a hooded sweatshirt, and that's it. And I wear, I've been wearing, <laughs> wearing the same sneakers, not the exact same sneakers, but the same variety of sneakers, honestly, since I was a senior in college, which was now like, Whoa. which is now 13 years ago. That is unbelievable. I have not. Get, get some new shoes. But no, they're not the same shoes. I get new shoes like every four months or every five months, like when the when the old ones get okay, smelly. Okay, no, okay. No, no, it's not the exact same shoes. Yeah. And it's not even the same color. It's just like Saucony Jazz sneakers are the ones that are really comfortable on my feet. And I happen to have like uh, like disproportionately large feet for my size. It's absurd. And so they make my feet look smaller than they are. And that's like something I'm self-conscious about is that I have clown shoes, like literal, literal clown shoes on all the time. So I know that these shoes make my feet look at least mildly normal. Um, Mm -hmm. And people usually have to like focus on them for a while and be like, wait a minute, you've got way too big feet. Um, You know, and and like, how do you not trip over yourself all the time? And I do, actually. The answer is I, I do trip over myself all the time. Um, I'm, I'm five foot ten, and I have a size like a full size thirteen foot, uh, which is weird, and was like especially weird when it was that size, and I was in like sixth grade. Right. Um. So yeah, so these are the these are the sneakers that fit me well, and they're comfortable, and they're cheap, and like it's just it's one less thing to think about. Is kind of how I how I approach it. We we've talked about this earlier, but one of the things that's different is that. I generally feel the way about food that you feel about clothes, which we can say for for another podcast, because I could eat the same thing every single meal, every single day and not care at all. I could do that if the thing were a bacon cheeseburger. But other than that, probably no. (laughs) I, I want to like think as little as possible about the food that I'm eating. That's that's kind of how I think you feel about clothes. Uh, that is exactly that is exactly how I feel about clothes, and yeah. uh, a good place to stop, I guess. Now we've talked for an extremely long time, probably longer than you would like this show to be. Is that correct? Way, way too long. Okay, but that's good. See, you, you now you that's see, good. like I'm, uh, I'm, oh, we're good. We have a good. It was a good conversation. Um, you can check out for the win on iTunes. You can subscribe, rate us, and review us. It would be cool to have um, reviews from people who are not suspiciously complimentary of Nate who is now gone um, so I would like people who are suspiciously complimentary of me and Hemel um, that would be cool so so get on there, review us uh, subscribe to the podcast you, you can also subscribe on SoundCloud you can check us out on Stitcher uh, you can check out what I'm writing you can check out what Hemel is writing and, and all of the things we're doing uh, at ForTheWinFTW.USAToday.com uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, all, it's a full social media assault. Hemel, thank you so much for, uh, for allowing me to host the show and, and, uh, for, for joining me today. 
thanks very much for having me. I look forward to, to the next time that we get to chat.